On this week's episode of the Friday Film Club, I'm joined by musical comedy duo Frisky and Manish. They talk all about their upcoming movie music spectacular, uh, as well as some of their favourite films. Uh, it's a great chat, so do remember to check out the episode and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And drop us a message at the Fry Film Club on whichever social channels you choose to use. Enjoy the show. So welcome to the Friday Film Club. Uh, on this week's episode, uh, I'm joined by the, uh, I guess you can call them a, a musical comedy duo uh, in Frisky and Manish. Uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. And um, how are you both doing? Very well. Um, we, also we've, well. Just, we've just wrapped our filming of our own movie, Music Spectacular, uh, which, I mean, let's just dive on in there. That's <laughs> that's one of the reasons that we're here. Um, uh, yeah, so we're sort of in, in slight recovery mode. It's good, it's nice. Yeah, tell me about that, because, uh, is it called Popcorn? It is called it Popcorn. It is! Very good, well I've done. I've done my research. Placement. Yeah, you have. <laughs> You've been on our website, haven't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so tell me all about it goodness me well how to talk about it without giving too much away because it's not released yet it's sort of you know it, we haven't even we've only just released the artwork it's all been quite sort of hush hush we've been we've been working on this for a good sort of six months now but in up until this point we haven't really revealed anything apart from just that there is something on the horizon it's going to be about movies it's going to be our usual thing that we do which for anyone who who hasn't seen us before or heard of us we are yes we're a musical comedy duo but what we do is we approach pop culture and pop songs specifically with i would say an an unhealthy, aggressive type of satire where we really just try and pull it apart, uh, expose it for what it is, try and make out that it's about something completely different or it has something really crazy in it. And then we bring it back to you and say, you see, this song is actually quite crazy. And uh, we've been doing that for over 10 years now. And But we've never actually touched the movie you know, the movie soundtrack, which obviously is sort of such this huge, great wealth of material for us. So that's what this show's all about. We're basically delved into the world of cinema. We've um, taken loads of pop of film songs and and just turned them into absolutely ludicrous material. Uh, obviously, yeah. I love and, film. And, and <laughs> well, yeah, if you do like film, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, then it's yeah sorry, I completely, completely cut you off there. Apologies, but I was just going to ask if you had a, um, a favourite song that you cover um, in this oh god that's so difficult you know it's like when people say what's your favorite cheese or you know what's your favorite wine what's your favorite say, pizza topping i thought you say favorite child but you said cheese <laughs> no cheese that's the harder one i mean Children, I have one child course. so that's fine for me you know there's sort of one for every occasion i always say depending on one's mood but one thing i really enjoyed um one of the last things that we put together was actually a rediscovery of love fool by the cardigans which is in romeo plus juliet the uh Baz Luhrmann take such a great it's just a great slice of pop and we sort of go a bit bridget jones on it which is even more fun so um i enjoyed rediscovering those 90s classics i have to say love that yeah yeah anything anything 90s and i'm sold so yeah, good choice. Right. It's <laughs> a great time. All right, so um, I'm sure we'll give you ample opportunity to plug the uh, the, the movie uh, through the show. So let's dive into the questions. Uh, and as always, uh, we ask 
our, our guests the same six questions every episode to find out more about who you are through what you watch or, or don't watch. Um, so, uh, the first one, uh, easy one, what is your favourite film? It's not easy. That's not Again. easy. What <laughs> earth are you talking easy? about? Is it? Yeah. Um, I, I actually, is, I'm going to go first because it is quite easy for me. And I think my favourite film, the one that I just keep coming back to and it's just a slice of sunshine, but not too insipid, glorious joyful funny amazing cast is hairspray the remake love that love that the musical yeah the musical perfection i can't fault it i mean from michelle pfeiffer being the campest villain you have ever seen in your life but with (laughs) such bite because she's like she's 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 playing a racist i mean let's not beat around the bush like that's what the whole story's about and she does it with you have no sympathy for her at all but she's also kind of just being the most delicious villain and then alongside that i mean you've got uh, i mean i mean just so so many bonkers people are in it and you're like sorry who's who's that like james marsden he's like superhero super cool you know acting can guy. sing he's, he can sing he's an amazing singer and dancer <laughs> and he's just turning it out you know as you do and like john travolta in drag i mean what's not to love and then there's like <laughs> loads of unknown i say unknown you know less known performers in there who were absolutely killing it and everything about it the styling the pacing the script i mean in fairness like i suppose they had a while to get it right because it'd already been a film and a stage show but nonetheless movie musicals notoriously difficult and they mushed it yes yeah i love hairspray and one of the best ensemble casts ever i think yeah ever. truly ever, best ever. yeah best but... combination of energies just fantastic what what whatever happened to Nikki Blonsky? Is that her name? Well, yes. I, I think. Say yes. <laughs> Neither of us have <laughs> so Google up. So whoever yeah. whoever plays the I the, think the it main, is, yeah, yeah, Tracy Turnblad, Nikki Blonsky. Yes. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is it I bad know, to say? Didn't she popped up? Well, I, I just wonder if it's bad to say that someone who is perfectly cast to play Tracy Turnblad, maybe there's not that many other opportunities in Hollywood for <laughs> someone who is Tracy Turnblad also, to then also pop this up. This is it. To be honest, I think if you have one iconic role, is that bad? Is that been a life poorly led? No. You know, I am the iconic epitome of this role in the sensational film. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> so what? So she yeah, beats Ricky Lake. She she beats Ricky Lake in the go. original. Okay. She's probably Man. living off some nice royalties, so I'm sure I'm sure she's not having a bad life. She's doing all right. She got to hang out with Queen Latifah. She's fine. (laughs) Christopher Walken was her dad. It's fantastic. Christopher, oh my God, I haven't even talked about Christopher Walken. I just keep dropping in names. Amanda Bynes is in it. Pre-crazy. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure she's fine. So, uh, Manish, favourite film? Well, okay. (laughs) So I do think this is a, a difficult question because I feel like I would give a different answer based on whether I wanted to sound like really film buffy and serious and like i you know i i was trying to look cool or truly in my darkest sort of moments you know what's my actual real favorite one that i would watch over and again and the answer to the first one is do you know the film heavenly creatures it's peter jackson you know so lord of the rings like yes you know new zealand filmmaker peter jackson who now is you know this iconic director but one of his first films is this really off-the-wall, weird little drama, quite strange drama, about a real case of two 
schoolgirls in New Zealand in the 50s who became so obsessed with each other, had a sort of like weird friendship that completely transcended the normal bonds and friendship and became way too intense. And because they believed that their parents were trying to pull them apart because their parents were worried that they were actually lesbians, which at the time was considered a mental illness, um, they, the two girls decided the only way for them to be together was for them to murder one of, the, one of their mothers, uh, which they did, and then thought they'd got away with it, obviously hadn't because they'd written these entire diaries about it and, you know, and the diaries were just in their room, so it wasn't very long before everyone realised, okay, we know what's happened. Um, and then they were sent to prison and, uh, yeah, convicted of murder. Um, but this, there's a, Peter Jackson made a film about it and it's Kate Winslet's first film, so she was about 18, I think, and she mm. plays one of the girls in this. That is an incredible film, and that is my serious answer, but my real answer is Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, Com- comparable in ways, you know. <laughs> Both kind of involve crazy out there. Um, I mean, because the plot of Mrs. Doubtfire, when we, we, actually, we actually do that in the show, in, in, in Popcorn, this, this show that we're about to bring out, there is an entire piece of material about Mrs. Doubtfire and about how the plot is insane that someone thought that that was acceptable for a kid's movie <laughs> there are so yeah. many questionable dodgy things that happen in that film but yeah i still love it because i love i mean who doesn't love robin williams he truly is the one the master and also sally field in that film she reminds me of my mum i always used to think oh that's my mum because they kind of looked a bit i mean she, she looked, looked a bit like your mum yeah and just i don't know i just so for me that's a real like a heartwarming one yeah mm-hmm. i love it yeah i love mrs doubtfire i can't say i've ever seen heavenly creatures but the, what, the, the film that sprang to mind when you said that and Peter Jackson is is that a lot of people think Lord of the Rings but I think he also did The Lovely Bones which come Lovely after Bones. Lord of the Rings and I love that film also very dark yeah. well th- yeah it's all, they, could, they could be bookends of his career maybe in terms of mm. like they're both about something so horrific and done but they're both told in a fantasy way because you know how she so in Lovely Bones she, she views it from heaven doesn't she and it's sort of like in this afterlife mm. in heavenly creatures because these two girls had this kind of weird fantasy life they lived together they actually created this whole fictional land where they were queens and they ruled together and in the film you see like he paints that world so you have all these trolls and goblins and castles and whatever but in the real world they're doing this horrendous thing and you know it's it's amazing i mean peter jackson really is incredible mm. well since um since uh, we, we we were on you, uh, Manish, uh, I'm really not sure what the answer to the next question is going to be because you've gone from Heavenly Creatures to Mrs. Doubtfire in favourite film here. Um, so what is your least favourite film? I would say either of the Sex and the Cities. <laughs> that's, just... that's a safe choice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I that some films that are bad or considered widely considered bad still have some sort of cult value some camp kind of enjoyment that you can have out of it you know it's like Grease 2 no one thinks that's good but I still think it's a, it's a fun watch um, Sex and the City I just don't think it's fun it's not I've seen both of them how have I I don't know how I've seen both of them I, I don't think by choice and um, they're just like extended racist fashion shows <laughs> seems to be what they are like <laughs> wow <laughs> don't you think that's or, a like, hell of a or like just you know wheel out Liza Minnelli make her sing Beyonce laugh at her end roll credits like it's just so painful what they you know the choices made no one comes out well no one no one I do second that no one comes out well it's right Jennifer Hudson was in one of them as an assistant completely wasted oh it's awful (laughs) oh it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen in cinema I'm from a small town but I'm a bit wisecracky no give her some development oh god nightmare 
yeah, I'm, I'm with you completely on that. Uh, Sex in the City. I, I was never much of a fan of the TV show anyway, but I, I guess I wasn't their target audience, you know, being a 10-year-old boy when it started. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, it wasn't for so, you. No, no. Um, here's a sort of side question to both of you. Uh, what is your, I guess, favourite or least favourite TV to movie remakes? Oh, that's this is a bonus question I haven't prepared mm. for. Um, goodness me! So hang on. So it it was a TV show, and then it and then someone made a movie of it, and it's yeah. bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't like Star Trek, so I'll just say that one. Not that I think quality wise, it's it's just it doesn't interest me at all. Like it's you know. So that, that I have a hard it. disagree on that. I'm a closet Trekkie. What is in like the, the movies? Fantastic. But both. So when I was re like I was raised on the Next Generation TV series, all of it, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, the lot, and then so then when I, he's, he's gipping, you can't see right now, but man, she's yeah. gipping. Um, I uh, and then when yeah when they brought out the the Chris Pine remake of the Origi cast with the like alternate Chris. dimensions so they could do whatever they want in the plot, I was like yes, I'm so here for it. I'm kind of a closet sci-fi. Person, oh, so there you no, go. There's a good answer. One. That's a good answer. All I can think about is Ali G in the house. Remember oh, yeah. One? Yeah. That, terrible. That, oh, no, that's a film, that isn't awful. it? Yeah. It is. It's the worst. Well, it's not the worst, but like, you know, what was so good about Ali G was him, you know, in real life situations interviewing complete Muppets. Um, and then the film was a bit more like, sort of, as you say, borderline racist character work. So, yeah. Mm. Awkward. Good choice. Good choice. Um, and so, so, um, what is your least favourite film? Well, mine. So mine, so mine is my least favourite film because it's so good, which is weird. But basically, one of my most harrowing cinema experiences was watching No Country for Old Men. I have oh. never been so tense. I've never been so horrified. I was in a state Blink. of constant fear. And, and I walked out of there feeling like the world was no place to live in anymore. <laughs> it was so horrific. And... The, it, basically, the, the movie achieved its objectives so perfectly, I can never watch it again. I oh, I just can't go there. I'm not in a place in my life where Don't I can sit there. through things that bleak. Only, I can't do it. Only live in a country for old men from now on. Yes, I want a, <laughs> I want countries for and with old men. Thank you. They're a joy. Um, not this one. This was not a one. Um, but it was a really weird thing of going, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen and I never want to sit through it again. <laughs> I think one of the things about it is that there's no music. Like mm. the, and I didn't even realise until right near the end this mariachi band strikes up. And like the tension release in me, I was like, oh, it was visceral. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, that's part of the thing. You know, this, this, this amazing, spectacular choice of just having absolutely no music and it being so, so harsh and realistic and mm. so bleak. And Javier Bardem is so <laughs> chilling. So good. And the whole thing just left me turned inside out. So although I, I totally acknowledge it as one of the greatest films made, maybe, for me, it's my least favourite film because it was too good. Fair enough. I, I'm with you on that. I think it, it's bleak. Uh, and it's definitely, when you when you see anything else by the Coen brothers, it's, it's, it's a lot bleaker than you expect from a Coen brothers film. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, nobody dared in any way. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, but Bardem, I mean, he he landed Bond or the Bond villain um, from from that film, so uh, he did all right. And he he was. A he good did. Bond I prefer villain. his Bond villain. His Bond villain was way camp. He was. That was he way was a gay. Fun. Well, because yeah, he was kind of into Bond, wasn't he? So it was like a really fun, like sort of 
Cheeky, delicious. Oh, stop it! No, that's uncorrect. No, it was it was brilliant. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Um. So, moving on. Uh, what film or TV character do you both most relate to, and why? <laughs> no. You go. Oh, me go. Okay. I mean relate because there's characters you want to be like and there's characters you are like mm. and i don't know maybe well for me i feel like they they're maybe poles apart but the person that sprang to mind in terms of aspirationally and also when it came out how old i was and also the fact that i actually have met the person who plays this part <laughs> name drop um anyway <laughs> is, right, <laughs> no not like in a meaningful way just like he won't know me but um billy elliott so Billy Elliot came out when I was a little bit older than Billy Elliot, but not much older. And I'd been in an audition with Jamie Bell before Jamie Bell was Billy Elliot, you know, as little. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, it, you know, he was in my National Youth Music Theatre audition um, when, you know, I would have been about 11 or 12 and he guess he would have been about nine or something. I think, you know, I'm older than him. And, um, and so I remember this film coming out and... I remember, oh, I remember that boy. I remember him from that audition. And I went to see it, and it's about a boy who wants to dance, but, you know, feels like, obviously, is like a kind of a bit of a, a fish out of water in terms of, like, the only boy in the class. And, you know, and that was me. I used to, I went to a dance school where I was the only boy, and there were all the girls, you know, and I, it would be swapped around. It was like, who's going to dance with Matthew today? Because it was, you know, like, each girl had to take a turn on the boy. Um, and so feeling like this kind of, weird out of thing i don't know i just i remember watching that film and, and just being absolutely like oh my god it's, it's not a film about my life but i kind of wish it was you know <laughs> that's my one yeah um yeah so i so i think for me it's sort of a like it's a relatability that's caught up with me i always loved modern family it's like my go-to comfort tv thing again i yeah. just think it's kind of perfect and amazing ensemble casts and I think um, that I realized I am fast becoming like the mom, you know? <laughs> so the one who's kind of, everybody's like, wow, she's neurotic. And you're like, no, I'm not. I'm cool. I'm great. I'm awesome. I'm having a, I've wild, I had a wild youth. I'm really Wine. awesome and great. Yeah. Um, drinking through life, uh, but actually wanting everything to be really perfect and being really ambitious and really wanting everything to be amazing in my life and constantly despairing at the idiots who surround me no offense <laughs> so you're saying your husband is like <laughs> i didn't say that i didn't say those words do you know what though that's not a bad character to relate to because she has she has a strong arc from like first series housewife you know really not a lot going on besides being you know neurotic mum last series she's a business owner she's doing well she's the breadwinner She's got she's got her shit together. That's, that's, a, so that's a good character. They moved her on, didn't they? I'm, really, I'm hoping for that arc <laughs> in my life. If someone could if someone could arrange that arc for me, I'd be delighted. Thank you. Well, just just the money, I guess, would be nice. Yeah, she, she's well, on also a good, that. Good, yeah, that really would help. Yeah. Um. So, Manish, she just, earns every damn penny. Modern Family is amazing. Yeah, I, I love Modern Family. I love Cam so much. I know he's not even gay, and yet 
I've met him in real life. I've met him. Yeah, Cam, I mean, like a person. Oh, like a thousand Cam. times. I've not, thousand I've not met that I've guy. Met I've only met Jamie Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, a similar question for you. Uh, if your life could be turned into a biopic, what genre would it be? And who would play you? I'll start this one then since I did it last time. But yeah, um, I think mine mine would be a sort of a goofball, uh, everything's going wrong comedy, which is why I think, I think there's a sort of dual dual casting on mine. You know, like there's the, um, it would be somewhere in the bridesmaids area. So Kristen Wiig does kind of come to mind. You know, just that someone desperately struggling to keep it together. Um, but the kind of the British version, there isn't really like a British version. And I guess I was kind of come back to Kate Winslet because she's also, as well as kind of having, being able to do that sort of scatty blah, 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 thing. The holiday. Um, she's also a bit too, yeah. She's also slightly a bit too clever for her own good and comes off as a, as a touch smug. And I think that's that would work casting wise. So uh, <laughs> that's excellent I think it would be Kate Winslet. <laughs> Playing me in a sort of British bridesmaids. Is, that's my life. I want to see that. I love Sounds that. Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to see that. Right. Let's write it. Let's go. Let's go. And <laughs> Kate. No, because then Kate Winslet gets your part. Anyway. Um, well, yeah. I thought you were going to say what I'm going to say, which is that it would be a musical. It would be, you know, um... be West Side Story meets Sweet Charity meets. Um, God, I don't know. More, a more modern one. Can't think of one. La La Land. <laughs> La La Land. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like mine would be musical because my life is literally <laughs> saturated with music. Um, and it wouldn't be weird for me to burst into song and dance at any given moment because that's my job. So it wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have to make sense of it. You wouldn't have to, you know, in musicals where like late is where it's like, why is she singing? She's a, a prostitute. You know, like now it, for mine, for my story, it would just make perfect sense. We could, it would be like a musical like Cabaret in Chicago where the, the songs are being performed in the story. Do you know what I mean? So you don't even have to make it make sense. It's, it, it's part of the fabric of it. So I thought that, that would sounds be- sounds like you're it, working on it already. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give you the elevator pitch real quick. Um, no. Right? Uh, That's what it sounded like. I love it. And then who would play, I mean, did you, I, I, I think, I believe the question is, and then who would play us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so again, I have this, I like, there'd be people I maybe want who I don't think be right, but the person who I feel it would be, and I don't want it to be him, would be Eddie Redmayne. Oh, you know? it definitely would. Because he's like, he's sort of boyish and kind of, I mean, I wish I was as pretty as that, but like, it, you know, in Hollywood world, like, I, I look more like him than I look like Hugh Jackman, don't I? So there's a kind of, you know, it would be him instead of the other ones. But also I think it's that whenever I hear myself um, on a recording or watch myself on screen all I ever think of is oh god I'm so sort of pl overly plummy and you know like it, it, it annoys me my kind of like plummy sort of home countiesness and whenever I see him on screen I'm like oh god he's just so plummy <laughs> so I just sort of think he would annoy me the way I annoy me and that would be why he's right <laughs> I, I have a counter suggestion um, oh. because uh, I, I feel like you, you bear some similarities to, um, and I, I, I do get the first name wrong here, but it's either Jack or Josh O'Connell. I wish. Hang on, who do you mean? Do you mean the guy in the crown? Uh, yes, I think so. Hang on. There's Josh O'Connor, who's in the crown, and then there's Jack 
Jack O'Connell, who is that guy in that um, Unbroken film, who is I, both I amazing. Think, I think I'm thinking of Jack O'Connell. And apologies, my dog oh, is I'll making a cameo it. right now. <laughs> making a cameo as in making a message for people for $75 or whatever it is. I wish. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I'm thinking Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell. So, like, I mean, you know, I, I wish. You're very sweet, but <laughs> <laughs> far too, like, rugged and... I'm immediately man. Googling him. Yeah. You, he, was in that, he was in that film Unbroken that... Um, it was, uh, did you see Unbroken? That was that one... Was He played... Oh, yeah. hello. I can't, I, I can't I remember mean, who he played. That's, that's a... Ve- that, I mean, sure. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy I mean, with what, how I've lucked out here. <laughs> I'd be very conflicted about that. I would be certainly very attracted to my uh, writing That'd partner, be, and that would be for you. strange and awkward for everyone. <laughs> so oh, there's a, oh, wait, no, now I see. No, see, this is great. But now I've seen this picture. Can you see? Is that coming? Anyway, uh, there's a picture of Jack O'Connor with Angelina Jolie, and I'm like, oh, look, it's the Hollywood Friskier Manish. Obviously. <laughs> so you're, you're Angelina. I mean, that was what he was. you were about to say, wasn't it? Yeah, you were about to say that about her. So let's go. So I, I have a question for you both, uh, which is uh, how, how did you... Basically, how did you kind of come together as a as a double act, and at what point did you think, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna parody songs? That's gonna be our thing. Well, we're friends from uni, basically. So we were we were just sort of um, messing around with uh, musicals and comedy and all that sort of stuff when we were at university, and then we were sharing a flat in London when we first moved in. And um, I think uh, we we both sort of slightly stepped out of university with that thing of world, I'm ready. You may prepare the red carpet because here I am. And uh, oddly enough, the world went, I'm sorry, no, you're not on the <laughs> um, And we went, I'm sorry, this is some kind of mistake. I'm supposed to be an enormous star. Um, and uh, we um, sort of poured some of that frustration into uh, messing around with songs. And it was born when uh, we had some time to fill for a friend's fundraiser show. And it was a music hall theme. And we're like, oh, musical. Um, and we just put that a book of the last years of pop. And I was like, well, what if we went through this and disguised it so that you didn't know it was the pop songs and you thought they were musical songs? And an act was born. It's not all musical, though, when we do it normally. God, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think we've ever once done musical. We did beep. We did. We did a Pussycat Dolls song as a musical song, and that was a good mix. But that's that's. I guess once we once we opened the floodgates of what if it was a song, but we jokingly disguised it somehow. Then it was a case of well, how many different genres can disguise these songs? And it just it quickly because you know the entirety of pop music was then open to us. That's that's the whole act. I mean, the act is so simple; it could probably keep going forever as long as pop songs keep coming out and are spoofable. We're we're here to do it. So don't you worry, guys. You will get your spoofing. <laughs> and have you got a slight standout cover that that you just, that you love above all others? I would say that we may have our own favourites, but then there's an audience favourite that we will never get away from. That I think neither of us would necessarily think is our favourite now because we've done it so many times. But we have this medley that we keep updating just to keep it fresh for ourselves, which is of all songs that are love songs. But if you actually just sing them a little bit maniacally are incredibly stalkery and sort of like horrifying um it's called the stalk medley it begins with eternal flame as of course it should because that song i watch you when you are sleeping right you belong to me i mean it's not okay those are (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> That's what we do. We just show you what's in there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping within that stalker medley uh, is um, what well, I can't think of the name now, um, but uh, I, I'll be I'll be missing you. I'll be watching you. That that song. Um, every every breath, every breath you, take, you take. Yeah, yeah. Make. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. Do you know what? We've actually never put that one in because it doesn't pretend it's not about stalking. It's just two on the nose. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah, it is. We have a lot, a lot more fun with things like, you know, um, S Club 7, Never Had a Dream Come True. <laughs> a part of me will always be with you. Mm, I'm sure that's okay. In the mail. Believing yeah. body parts on people. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, so. Oh, um, I've got a gift from Zoom, apparently. That's, that's yeah, I just excellent. saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Zoom. So we can talk all night. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so only two more questions, though. Uh, the, the, the next one is, uh, what's your most nostalgic films? Mine is Mel Brooks' Robin Hood Men in Tights. Interesting. Uh. I used to be able to recite that word for word it's so stupid i mean it's mel brooks like it's everything you want from a mel brooks film except with bonus terrible english accents uh men in tights um uh, lots of <laughs> dancing and singing unnecessarily um it's uh and yeah there's some just brilliant comic genius in it roger Rees, who's like a esteemed stage actor but he's like the only british person in it plays the sheriff and it's so stupid and brilliant because he does it with such commitment and it's so and it's it's very panto and i don't think obviously america doesn't have panto necessarily but as brits you watch a mel brooks film with a, an actor in who knows what panto is then it's joyous it's just absolute <laughs> panto um and it just it, it puts me back to being like yeah about 10 and watching it over and over again with my brother and just being able to recite the lines together, take it in turns to recite all of the lines. And they're so rude as well. There's so much in there that I should not have been saying or doing, but you know, you're a child, you don't know, you don't realize. I didn't know what Tracy Ullman was trying to touch on the sheriff. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I feel, <laughs> I, I feel uh, if, if I ever have kids, I'd, I'd rather show them a horror film than, than most of Mel Brooks uh, films, to be honest. Safer, safer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Manish, nostalgic film? Well, mine is Return to Oz. Nice. Have you ever seen Return to Oz? It's just... I mean, it's it was a flop because everyone was like, hang on, this is uh, way too dark. Because it's traumatising. It's so traumatising. <laughs> it's so bleak. It's, I mean, no kind of men. That, that is easy that's a pg compared i feel like return to Oz because it starts in that sanatorium where she's like wheeled off to be like plugged in for some electroshock therapy because she's being too imaginative and weird i'm just like it it's just so yeah it's so evocative to me but um i do think it is crazy that it was that it was you know that it was released and at, you know very much under the wizard of oz umbrella and probably a lot of kids went along to the cinema as well. i i was too young to go to cinema i mean this this film came out when we were born um so you know i've only seen it on video but i saw it when i was quite young probably about eight and 
I just, I, the, the girl who plays the main part, so she's called Feruza Bork. Bork. Because she Feruza went on to do The Craft. The she Craft, just Almost Famous. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I used to want to be her when I was, like, she was, <laughs> like, she was the person on, in pop culture that I was like, because also, cause she was a little bit hippie-ish, a bit astrology, a bit sort of weird mm. and witchy. Loved all that stuff, being a little gay boy. And she was just, I just thought she was fabulous. And she was so, and... But she's really good in Return to Oz because she's very, like, she's so much younger than Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz, you know. She's like mm. an actual 10-year-old, whereas Judy Garland was, what, like 16 or 17? Still, obviously, I- iconic. But there's something about, like, just this actually really little girl in this terrifying world that, weirdly for me, I found quite, I found quite comforting. Uh, not comforting, but, like, I, I, I wasn't that traumatised or scared by it. I just thought it was just, like, completely haunting and fabulous, and I loved it. So that's my yeah, Return to Us is a weird one, and I think it kind of falls into that bracket of um, kids' films that are that are a lot more terrifying to watch as an adult. Like my my wife and I, I were so. were rewatching some of the old Disney films. We got to Dumbo the other day. That's horrific. I can't watch I, I can't it. Ever no. since I had a child, I can't sit through Baby Mine. It's the, the too much. Thing. I cannot bear it. The whole thought of being separated, possibly and locked in a <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. The message hasn't aged well to either. It's like end of the film, uh, happy ending. They're still in the circus, but it's okay because he can fly now. <laughs> that was all we needed. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you see the live yeah. action remake? Not Bowman? yet. No. No. They do. They address. They address a lot of issues in it. I yeah, I heard they changed the ending um, quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a really. I really enjoyed the Dumbo remake actually, um, and uh, the circus in it is amazing. And I have to say that. Well, I don't have to, but I also want to because uh, they filmed it in London, and most of the circus performers involved are a lot of our friends and contemporaries oh. uh, who worked on that. So uh, just uh, just just know there's a hell of a lot of stunning British talent repping on the in the circus in that. Noted. Um, and I, I guess then final question to you both. Um, and my dog is very anxiously waiting for food here, so I think we may have to be uh, fairly quick. Um, very quick. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty pleasures for both of you. Is it me? Am I going to go? Yeah, it's your go. I don't even want to. I don't even want to say mine. I'm, I'm too embarrassed to say mine, so I think I might. <laughs> If, if, if it helps, I can give you oh, my yeah. guilty pleasure, which I tell everyone, which is very, very embarrassing. Yeah, so, go on. So, about 1997, rom-com, Matthew Perry, Salma Hayek, Fools Rush In. Terrible, terrible, terrible film. Never even seen it. Exactly. <laughs> I think I've seen, I can think of the poster and I can Matthew think of Perry. seeing it scroll by on my Netflix and me just go, Salma. nope. Mm. Uh, but... Now I'm definitely going to watch it because if it's something that's guilty pleasure, I'm in. Yeah. It's still not made mine any easier to say, I'm afraid. <laughs> go on, go on, okay. just get it out. Have you have you ever heard of the Hilary Duff movie Cinderella Story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's. Have you seen it? Have you seen no. it, Laura? Have you, you've not seen it, but have you seen it, Laura? No, I haven't seen it. God, for some reason, it was just on whatever movie channel we had growing up, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, some Nickelodeon-y type channel would have just kept showing this. Because I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, this is awful. It's Hilary Duff, um, Chad Michael Murray, um, like real sort of that era. Um, Jennifer. Hilary and Chad. Hilary and Chad. 
Jennifer Coolidge is the wicked stepmom. Regina King is like the boss of the diner she works at. That it is so. It is like this. The the, the crappiest teen. Like the the script is so awful. And it's all about, like, she's te- they're texting and, and the, the phone is this brick old phone that they're texting on, but she doesn't know who he is. You know, it's one of those ones where it's like, mess- it's like You've Got Mail, where there's like a message, you know, she falls in love with someone via message, she doesn't realise it's actually the handsome jock of the football team who she actually hates in real life. It's one of those type ones. I just, honestly, every single time I watch it, I just, I have to sit down and watch it because I just think it, it's because it's so bad, but also Jennifer Coolidge is amazing in it, but it's so bad. And yet I watch it and I, 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 that's one that I can recite, Laura. You know, you can recite Men in Tights. I can recite Hilary Duff in Cinderella Story. (laughs) And then I'm going to now hang up because I I can't, yeah, I can't be seen. You can't look who's in the eye anymore, quite right. Too embarrassing. Awful. Mine's really not that embarrassing now. Um, Mine is... You're welcome. Well, I guess it, it is if you include the sequels, maybe. But basically, anything from the Men in Black. That's offering. fine. That's blockbustery. That's fine. I mean, but is it fine to, like you say, like watch it every time, and maybe even just sometimes, just put it on, like maybe a lot. I mean, I mean maybe I did own it on DVD as an adult in my thirties. That is, is a that fabulous I... double act, though. And speaking of double acts, which we are, aren't we? So are we, we should know. We should know. <laughs> <laughs> that chemistry, that chemistry between those two is is really, really something. I think that's that's what's But the problem is, is that's only in the first one, really, because then what? then they try him out with all different, you know, oh, people. Because then, because then, K retires, and anyway, it, it gets a bit convoluted along the way. Um, he's working as a postman. He has to find him. It's all very odd. Um, but yeah, um, I could just, I, I think, generally, just Will Smith when he was young and he was just doing like as many stupid quips and noises as he could fit like what and you know but i'm there for it i'm there for every second of it and you know, like you say the way it's balanced out with the deadpan and because tommy got... jones is just a genius i love him amazing so much. and then you've got him. sideline rick torn in there just sort of growling his way through scenes as mr the best ever it's so brilliant and i could just watch it any any day and also like even the special effects i actually think have kind of held up relatively well given it was made 475 years ago it's actually still quite like all the goo and all the aliens and stuff aren't as terrible as it's just goo it's just goo isn't it there's no like you know buildings being exploded or are there i can't remember now oh i don't know it's just goo everything gets gooed Lots of, no, I think I might be thinking of um, Ghostbusters, but okay, <laughs> Ghostbusters yes, I think too. I am. Actually. That's very goo heavy <laughs> special effect, and that's quite a terrible special effect, bless them. But that was again 1487, so what were they doing? Um, but they have, um, no, they, they they did, they chose it, they were quite, they were quite choice and quite well done with it. And I'm, it's just so silly, it's pure fluff, it doesn't add anything to the world, it doesn't, you know, give us anything, it's pure distraction, it's pure nonsense, and I just love it. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I, it's, it's, it's a soft choice for a guilty pleasure, but I'll let you have it. It is, isn't it? Jeremy, I, did I, I, went no there. I went Maybe there. I should have said Men in Tights was my guilty pleasure by <laughs> everyone's reaction to that. Maybe that was the more shit, I don't know, I've got no Absolutely not. All of my films are like, Hairspray. We went straight in there. You know what I mean. I mean when your favourite films hairspray, Dream- there is no Dream such Girls. Thing as guilty pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fris- uh, Frisky and Manish's guilty pleasure is probably Dream Girls. I would say. As an act, it, that or and or Bring It On. 
Dreamgirls or Bring It On is something that we, after a show, would probably, well, or Muriel's Wedding, we would sit down and we would just, you know, we'd want to put it on and after a show just unwind with. And that's not guilty, I suppose, so much as just like, it's just, it's just like a bath, isn't it? It's just like a warm bath. It's a hot film. chocolate. It's a, those are my hot chocolate films. It's a small Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. I can kind of, I understand. But when you've been inflicted with the entire series of Bring It On films in a short space of time uh, by your mm. other half. Uh, How many are there? There's, there's, there's more than there should be. <laughs> more than one. <laughs> That's a good one. answer. Essentially two. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does she just every time come back and go, I'm still big, big red. red. <laughs> <laughs> by the 17th installment, I'm still big red. <laughs> Who played that? For part? anyone who doesn't know what that is, watch Dreamgirls. Yeah, not Dreamgirls. Uh, bring it on. You only have to sit through the first five minutes to get that, and it's so worth it. <laughs> yeah. Strong opening yeah. to the film. <laughs> uh, well, I gotta say, there's some there's some great choices there, um, and I, I I do feel like almost every one of your your picks uh, were guilty pleasures, um, Laura. From, yes, from... I think that's the issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, solid choice. Solid choice. There. Thanks. Um, she, she has no guilt. She has no guilt. That's the problem. <laughs> that's no, guilt, it. no shame. Um, and before I let you go, obviously uh, you, you have your your uh, movie um, extravaganza coming we've out. We've gone um, movie music spectacular. That's yeah, what we've gone with as a tagline. Uh, it's movie music, and also because we didn't really say, but there are also some delicious mu- move, just straight up movie pastiche things in there as well. So we have like this whole movie alongside the live show, which is kind of the thing um, that tells the story of how we came to be doing it uh, via the medium of every potential possible movie trope that we could squeeze in so there's something in there for the music fans something in there for the movie fans and i think you've been given a flavor of what our kind of taste is generally so if you like any of those sorts of films this is probably for you yeah sounds amazing um and how can people get tickets or attend or connect with you or whatever well, it's been, we've made it in association with a theatre in Huddersfield called the Lawrence Batley Theatre. Lawrence with a W. Batley, Bat and Lee. Um, Google it, you'll find it. It's Huddersfield's <laughs> premier theatre, I believe. Well, it's certainly the one that we love the most. And it's, um, so they have, on their website will be where they're streaming it from the 1st of November for two weeks. It's going to be streamed. You can just buy a ticket and then you can watch it at your leisure in your in your room in your in your Absolutely. home so cinema. you can get tickets on um lbt.org That's or you can find us frisky and f-r-i-s-k-y-a-n-d-m-a-n-n-i-s-h wonderful um well thank you so much guys for chatting it's been great and i'll be sure to um i, I keep saying um attend your show but just buy the um or rent it. Well, I don't know what the, the right verb at is. Your leisure. Stream it. Stream, Stream it. yeah. That's it. That's yeah. It. Enjoy. <laughs> that's the only verb we can. Yeah. About. Yeah. Wonderful. Um yeah, so thank you very much. It's been great having you on and uh hope thank it goes you. very well. That's it for this week of the Friday Film Club. Thanks for listening and remember you can rate and review us on all good podcast platforms. Also uh do reach out to us on social media at the Fry Film Club on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to be a guest in a future episode, do drop us a message on social media or email liam at hefcorp.com. Thanks for listening.
Thanks so much for listening to the first season of the Friday Film Club. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we are busy planning for season two, and that's going to be coming early next year. So do keep your ears out for that. We're lining up some great guests. And uh, of course, if you've got any feedback, do let us know. Uh, we want you to enjoy what you hear. Um, and also uh, remember before season two starts to tell everyone about the show. Follow us on social at the Fry Film Club and leave a review and a rating uh, so others can find us as well. Uh, that would be great. Enjoy your Christmas and your new year and we will see you on the other side.